Hello and welcome to another episode of Listen Up. As always, I am Mr. I. Remember to subscribe to the podcast over on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Today, I want to talk about another topic that came up in, came up a couple of times in the end of semester requests. And I think it's a very good one because it connects to a topic that we talked about in some of my classes. And that topic is culture shock. So I will talk about some culture shock that I have experienced here in Japan, as well as some other problems that are they're not exactly culture shock, but other problems that I have had living in a country that isn't my original country, it's not where I'm from, and speaking a language every day that isn't my native language. So let's start with culture shock. And to be honest, I haven't really experienced much culture shock. I mean, that's that's a, there, so there's a saying that I think really explains how I looked at moving to Japan. And that saying, that phrase is, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. So it means that if you find yourself, if you go somewhere, some new situation, a new place, try to do the same thing as the people who live there, the people around you. Imitate. Try to fit in in a new situation. And there is a very similar Japanese phrase, of course, right? Go ni reba, go ni right? And they really mean the exact same thing. So the English version, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. That was the attitude that I had and still have when I when I first moved to Japan. Right? I decided that I would just accept that some things were the way they were, even if I didn't understand why they were. Just this is the way we do them here. Okay, that's what I'll do. And I guess it would be more accurate to say I had this same attitude even before I moved to Japan. I've always tried to maybe not necessarily understand what why people do things. It's nice to understand, but sometimes you just have to say, okay, this is how we do this here. That's fine. I think as long as it is not harming, not, not doing damage to me, not hurting me or someone else, I try to let people just do their own thing, do it their way. And if I'm going to be in that place for a long time, then I will try to do it the same way too, most of the time. So when I moved to Kisakata, I mean, that's really rural Japan, really Inaka, especially because I was coming from Chicago. Now, Chicago is big. Um, it's not Tokyo big, it's more Nagoya big, maybe Sapporo big. Um, it's big. So Kisakata 
was very rural, very inaka. And there were a lot of things that were different than what I was used to. But none of it really caused culture shock for me. Now, I think it is important to remember that in English, shock, it's a lot bigger than Japanese shokku, right? In Japanese, shokku, like, oh, I dropped my pen. Shokku, oh, my favorite TV show is not on. Shokku. To me, that just has always been confusing. But I understand it, but it does to me because shock in English is a bigger thing. Oh, your dog died. That's a shock. Oh, I failed a class. That's a shock, right? Your favorite TV show being on, not being on TV tonight? Oh, okay. Well, that's a bummer. You could say it's a bummer. It's too bad. It's not a shock. But anyway, I talk about that more. There's an episode um, I talked about the difference in meaning of some loan words. So uh, there's a, you look that for that in one of the other episodes, I talk about things like tenshon, shoku. Japanese and English are a little different, even though they, the Japanese words come from English. So anyway, there were some things that surprised me when I moved to Japan, but they didn't shock me, right? It wasn't culture shock, really. It was Culture surprise, maybe. Now, I know I used this as an example in class. So if you were in one of my classes, we talked about culture shock. It, this I said this was my example. It didn't shock me, but it surprised me. And that was when I came to Japan, the trains stop running. They stop operating around midnight. Right, Even in Tokyo, which is the biggest city in the world. In Chicago, the trains never stop. There is no last train. Right, There's just the next train the next day. You need a train at 3 a.m.? Okay, just wait a few minutes. You know, maybe you have to wait 20 minutes. But there will be a train. Yeah, they, so I say in the middle of the night, they don't run as much as they do in the afternoon, in the morning, right? Normal rush hour. But there are always trains to catch in Chicago. So coming to Japan, that was a little bit of a surprise to me. Right? Later, I did learn that Chicago is, it's kind of unique. There are very few cities, even in the U.S., even in Europe, other places. There are very few cities that have 24-hour train service. So that that was my... that. But Chicago was what I knew, so to me, that seemed normal. But then coming to Japan, you know, coming to Tokyo, a bigger city than Chicago, no, the trains stop. I was surprised. And then living in Kisakata... Well, the last trains were actually very early. So if I wanted to go to Akita City and then go back home to Kisakata for the night, if I didn't want to stay in Akita City, 
I had to catch a train. I think it was maybe eight 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 o'clock, maybe eight thirty. I don't know exact. It was very early, right? I couldn't stay in um, Akita City very late unless I had a place to stay that night. So I got you know very quickly. I got used to Kisakata, and I never I never really left Kisakata all that much, right? Yeah, sure, I'll go shopping sometimes up in Akita City, down in Sakata in Yamagata Prefecture. But I didn't really leave Kisakata to go out, you know, to restaurants, to go to bars, things like that. I just stayed in Kisakata, and I was fine, right? When in Rome, do as the Romans do. When you're in Kisakata, just go to the local restaurants. Go to the local izakaya, the bar, whatever. So yeah, that was something that was surprising, the trains. Um, another thing that I found a little bit strange, a little surprising, was that in the summer, it started to get light outside, maybe, maybe not sun up, the sun wasn't up yet, but it was getting light at 4, 4.30 in the morning in the summer. In the U.S., we have, it's called daylight savings time. Um, I think I've seen in Japan, summer time as I think I've seen uh, used here in Japan. But in the U.S., we actually change our clocks by one hour in the summer. And so that means that in the middle of summer, right, August, late July, August, it is often still light outside at 8 o'clock in the evening, even 9 o'clock. Sometimes at the very, you know, the peak of summer, you know, almost nine o'clock, it's still light out. And I think that is a lot more useful than it being light at four in the morning because nothing is open at four in the morning. Seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night, things are still open. Stores are still open. That's more useful, I think. But yeah. It, so, yeah, those were the kinds of things that surprised me when I moved to Japan. No big culture shock. Just say, lots of little things. And one thing that a lot of people talk about is maybe food. I didn't have any big food story. No, no shocks about the food. I I'd learned about Japanese food. So nothing really surprised me all that much when I came here and tried it for real. Um, yeah, sure. Some foods I didn't like, I still don't like, but they didn't shock me. They didn't surprise me. And there aren't any foods from the U.S. that I really, really miss. So, yeah, I don't have any good, you know, culture shock stories. Um, but that doesn't mean that I haven't had problems in Japan, things that have been confusing or hard for me in Japan. I know I've talked about some of these in other episodes, so I won't talk too much about them, but, you know, let, we'll talk about them just a little bit here. So, one experience that I have had, and this was something, it was, I've ta I talked about this a lot in an episode about racism in Japan. So, go listen to that episode if you want to know more. But, I have experienced racism personally in Japan. So one time I was driving my car, 
this was, I was driving from Kisakata down to Sakata, and I was stopped by the police. And the only reason I was stopped because I was not Japanese. I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was driving, no problem. I wasn't speeding. I was driving properly. But the police stopped me. The police asked about my car. They asked me for my passport. Not my foreigner uh, registration card, right? Gaijin Toro Shomeisho. Not that. My passport. They wanted that. That bothered me. And so, yeah, there, I've had other problems with, you know, minor problems with, no big problems with racism for me personally in Japan, but it has happened. You can listen to the racism episode for more details. I've also had some problems with language. Um, that was a lot more common when I first came to Japan, you know, 17, you know, 15 years ago. I didn't speak it that well. I spoke some Japanese when I first came, but not great Japanese. And I remember this one time specifically, one time especially. I was maybe my first year, maybe my second year living in Japan. And I had something that I needed to do, some business at the bank. And I didn't have the vocabulary to do these things. It was, I didn't know enough words. It was extremely frustrated. I was very frustrated, right? The situation was very, very frustrating. I remember that I wanted to cry. I was so frustrated. But now I can do it. I'm fine, right? This was 15, 16 years ago. Now I know enough Japanese I can go to a bank, I can go to any, you know, any store, I've bought, I've purchased cars, I've opened bank accounts, I can do pretty much anything in Japan now. I know enough, and I know how to ask to have someone explain something if I don't understand. But then, it was hard 15 years ago. Like I say, I, I don't think I've had any major problems because I'm a foreigner living in Japan. Yes, I have had other problems in life, but they are probably problems that I would have had anywhere in the world. They're not Japan problems. They are just problems that I've had. And I know that this is not a very interesting answer to culture shock, problems in Japan. But like I said, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. And I guess there, there's a newer version of that. It's a Japanese version. Um, not Japanese language, but Japan related. That a lot of foreigners living in Japan use. And lots of my non-Japanese friends, we, they use this all the time. And that is because Japan. Sometimes it's really hard to explain or understand something. Some things just don't make sense to people not from Japan. And so it's sometimes it's just easier to say because Japan and just try to fit in as best as you can. And that's where we will end it. Because Japan. If you have any requests or ideas for podcasts, 
You can find a request form over on the website, which is bit.ly slash l-u-w-m-i. You can find links to all the episodes. Uh, there are listening guides there, uh, listening quizzes as well. There is a Twitter feed for this podcast, right? If you look it up, at Listen Up with Mr. I. Uh, you can follow on Twitter. You can learn history facts every day. And, of course, you can send episode requests directly to me at the Twitter account. And that's all for today. I'm Mr. I, and I'll see you next time.